Good morning, church. I'm really, really glad that you're here today and want to uh, welcome you again if you're a guest. Uh, we're glad that you're with us as well. And we'd love if you would stick around after worship and give us the opportunity to get to know you better. I do want to say if you're visiting this morning, today is a unique day. It's a special day. Uh, we, uh, we don't typically have our service structured like this. Um, if you're already in panic mode because we're not having children's worship and you're thinking, what am I about to do for the next hour? Uh, just know that, again, I want to reiterate, uh, this is a family day. And the more that Chris and Suzanne and I talked about it, we just decided that we really needed to be together. We didn't want adults that were doing uh, children's worship to miss any of the things that we're going to talk about in here this morning. And so we've kind of divided up what we're going to talk about into three parts, um, which worked out well because we have really three things we want to say today and talk about. Uh, so there'll be some a song or something and a prayer kind of in between each part. Uh, so the sermon is is the sermon time is going to really kind of play out into those three ways. We'll have three different things we we talk about and reflect upon. Um, today uh, is a day that we have been planning and and talking about and praying about. Um, you really could go as far back as, as one of my first, like my earliest year or two in Kaufman. Um, and some of the, the initial conversations that happened that are really going to be talked about today happened even as far back as that. But really more in kind of a focused way, uh, over the last year to year and a half, the elders and ministers have been talking and play, praying and dreaming about uh, our future together. And I am, and, and I know I could speak for that group as well, are so, we're so glad that today is finally here um, because we have some things that we're excited to share. We realize our excitement level may not, ma- you know, may not be matched by you because we've been thinking about it a little bit longer, uh, but we hope that as we talk about the things we're going to share today that, that your excitement will continue to grow as well in the days and weeks and months to come. You heard Jerry talk about in that prayer uh, that... Our mission is to reach people with the love of Jesus. It's printed on our bulletin every week. It's a couple of different places around our building. Uh, we don't probably talk about it as much as we need to and as, ho- as we, much as we hope to in the future, but it has kind of remained for years uh, a phrase that we've used to really keep us focused on what are we about and who are we. We are people that are focused on reaching people with the love of of Jesus Christ. That's what we want. We want to see people's lives connected to Christ because we believe, right, that 
It's only in relationship with Jesus that somebody's life is truly going to change. And so everything you're going to hear today, I want to start with that idea that our mission is to reach people with the love of Jesus because everything you're going to hear today is rooted in that phrase, reaching people with the love of Jesus. Everything you're going to hear is rooted in that idea. And our goal is to share some things with you that we believe are ahead of us, a direction we're excited about that will help us pursue that mission of reaching people with the love of Jesus. And so I want to start, some of this will be kind of a refresher for most of you, but we have new members and people who have been journeying with us more recently uh, that won't have heard some of the things. So I want to kind of catch us up on two really guiding scriptures that we've talked about and that we've used over the last several years especially as we've thought about what does it mean to reach people with the love of Jesus. So one of those is in Matthew 28, uh, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And, uh, and Matthew says, it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus uh, had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So when we say reaching people with the love of Jesus, it's our way of saying that we want to live this passage of Scripture out. We want to continue to share this good news about Jesus Christ with the world. The second scripture that's really been a guiding scripture for us that uh, really has helped us think about how to, how to really approach this idea of reaching people is Acts 1.8. It happens a little bit after this passage in Matthew 28, uh, before Jesus ascends back to heaven. And, and Acts 1.8 says this, it says, Jesus again saying, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now for us as a church, this passage of scripture has sort of given us language. We talk about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Uh, because, you know, how you go about reaching people with the love of Jesus can feel like a huge thing. So where do you start? And so we've used this scripture as kind of a guiding framework to think about how, where we start. Jerusalem is our Kaufman, Kaufman County. Judea uh, is what we think of as our state and our surrounding areas outside of our county. Samaria is our country, the U.S., and the ends of the earth is the work that we do and with partnerships and our missionaries and, and various organizations around the world outside of the United States. And so our hope is to reach as many people as possible in as many ways as possible and we want to do that here in our county, and we want to do that around the world. And so this, the, this, these two scriptures have been really guiding, kind of guiding scriptures as we've thought about what does it mean to reach people with the love of Jesus. And so I share that really as a foundation to kind of lead us into what I want to, the first thing that I want to talk about this morning. And the first thing I want to share with you is what we have been calling, and we're going to call moving forward, our ministry structure. Uh, and of all the things that we've talked about, over the last year and a half or so about today, this, this conversation that I'm about to share with you has taken up the, most, the majority of our time. Um, and, and I'm sharing this with you first, not only because it's taken up the majority of our time, but because we believe, the elders and ministers believe, that 
this piece, everything else is going to also flow out of this, this next few things that I'm going to share with you, uh, this structure. So when we say ministry structure, what we are talking about, it's our way of sort of simplifying and summarizing how we organize ourselves uh, and, and the systems that we use to function, to operate. A model that's been used in the past in lots of churches, including this one, uh, is to uh, install deacons that serve under the leadership of the elders, and then those deacons might have been assigned certain tasks, certain responsibilities uh, that they would carry out. The last time that that happened at this church was around 2005. It's a long time. Since 2005, people have moved or left. Preachers have changed multiple times. A church was planted. We plant, this church planted another church. Uh, and, and the things that were put in place way back then have sort of dwindled down to where they are now. And as we reflected in our conversations on the way things have been done in the past, uh, it became clear to us that, that the model that we've used has a tendency to, to you know, kind of function in a particular way. Uh, one, one thing that, that tends to happen with that, that model that has been used is that oftentimes uh, people would be asked to serve in areas that they were not really passionate about. Uh, they, were, they were identified as a deacon. They were kind of plugged into a spot, but they weren't really passionate about serving in that particular area. Uh, and so that was one thing we, we made an observation about. The other, another thing was that that model has a tendency to place a large part of the responsibility on a few people. And for those people, over time, what would happen is they would grow weary uh, they might until they eventually quit, uh, and then when they, when they quit or step out of that role for whatever reason, uh, things kind of get picked up by the staff, uh, by the elders even, and, and as a result, you may not have thought about it this way, but what's happened, uh, I, I actually believe I received this ministry structure from previous preachers when I arrived here in 2011. This church has functioned really as a kind of a staff-led church. And so part of what we see happening today as we roll out a new ministry structure is that we are putting responsibility, empowering the body once again, uh, giving away responsibility that really doesn't need to be given just to a few people. Uh, So some of the questions we've asked as we've considered a new ministry structure are, is there a way to structure our ministry activity that would lead to less people being burnt out or tired of serving the kingdom of God? Another question we've asked is, is there a way to structure ourselves that would involve more people? So only a few people are not doing the majority of the work. So what we've come up with is a new structure that we hope begins to get at what we believe is best for our body moving forward. And I'm going to show you an image. It's not real easy to see, probably from where you're sitting, especially the bullet points that are underneath each of these items. At the end of church today, on the tables in the back, there are going to be There's a packet that's going to be given to you. There's going to be two things given to you, and we'll explain what both of those are. In one of those, this image will be in that packet. So I would encourage you to take it, look at it. And there actually are, I only put like three or four bullet points underneath each one of these headings for this this slide. Uh, the The handout that you'll get has a lot more bullet points underneath. So as you look at it, I want to explain this. First of all, and you heard Jerry even kind of reference this in his prayer, we have We have things divided up into two primary categories, operations and ministry. The idea behind this is to, again, identify 
what things, as we talked about it, we, we talked about what things are involved in like the details, the logistics side of a church and, and running a church and functioning as a church and what things can we identify that are specifically ministry. Operations, you could say, are the things that I think provide a foundation for the ministry things to happen, right? They're, they're, a thing, they're, they're a foundation for the things on the right to take place at all. So in Acts 6, the apostles and the elders, we're not going to go into a deep dive of, of re- looking at that passage. You can do that later if you want. But in Acts 6, the apostles and the elders uh, are, were tasked with spreading the word of God. That's the conversation they're having in Acts 6. And, and the ministry of the church. And how do we spread the, the word of God beyond this this group of people, and also take care of the things that naturally come up as a part of being a church. So the role of, in Acts 6, the role of diakonos, which is the word where we get our word deacon, was created in the New Testament uh, to handle the logistical kind of daily needs that arose so that the ministry of the word could continue to be carried out. And this, this passage has been helpful for us as elders and ministers as we've thought about it, we did Greek word studies, and we stayed up late into the night talking about, oh, you would have loved all the conversations we had about this structure and kind of how we got to this place. But as we've imagined this structure, what we want is for ministry continue to continue to happen and more people to get involved, church. That's, that's what we want. We want to care less about uh, titles and who, who has the title and who doesn't, and we want to focus more on who's doing the work. So as we've imagined this, we see that in the New Testament there were deacons, and so we want to acknowledge and honor that. And so the, 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 the roles on the, under the operations side of things, uh, deacons would serve in, the, in that capacity, and those areas on the left. And then under the ministry heading, ministry leaders is what we would call the people who are serving under the ministry side of things. And as we envision it, everyone will serve equally under the leadership of the elders, Again, we want the focus to be less on titles that people have and more on the fact that there is work that needs to be done and we need your help to do it. And to avoid the past issue of the weight, uh, the majority of the weight falling on one person, we envision each of these areas, each of the things you see in yellow being led by, uh, co-led probably by at least two people or a team of people. And so even though you can't really see it right now because there are, you know, they're not, they're just, things that are listed there, what we want you to see when you look at this structure is groups of people, teams of people uh, that, that are serving under all these areas. It's not one ministry leader or one deacon and that's their job. It's, it's, this is a team of people. We're all, we all are invested in whatever area that we are serving in. And we're helping to make decisions and influence that particular ministry. Now one question you might think of I'm going to try to answer as many as I can and do it in as brief a way as possible this morning. Uh, one question that you might think of, though, is, is what if I'm already serving in an area? What if I'm already a deacon or a ministry leader uh, and serving in some capacity? Now, we honestly only have a couple people who that applies to because of the, the way that things have played out over these years since 2005. But if that's your situation, you can stay in that area if, you're li- if you'd like. Um, if this works like we envision it working and like I believe that it will work, you will just now have a group of people working with you, which I don't think anybody's going to complain about because I'm going to use Jerry Gilbert as an example. He's been our building and grounds deacon for a long time. 
And there are a lot of things around this building that he would like help with. And we need your help, and he would like your help to, to serve in those capacities, assuming he continues to serve in that way. He may see something else that excites him. So that's sort of the idea. Again, we want, um, if, you're fun- if you're functioning that, in that way, you would, you would just have a group of people working with you now. And on the ministry side of things, we want to empower both men and women to serve and to use their gifts so that we avoid burnout and that we get more people involved. So to kind of wrap up this part one, this piece of our vision, what does this mean for you? I want to just run through a couple of things that I I believe this means for each of you. First of all, our vision as far as our ministry structure is concerned is that everyone is serving somewhere. And we want We do not want one person on the sidelines. We want the idea that you come to church on Sunday and sit in a pew and do nothing else throughout the course of the week to vanish and be a part of our history. Because everything that happens in this church needs you to be a part of it. It doesn't need you to do everything, but all of us together are going to be able to accomplish more together than we can a few of us individually accomplish. And so... If you were walking in the foyer, for example, this, this will not likely happen, though I might, I might ask you. And some of you who are just a little ornery might ask other, other people this too. If you're walking around in the foyer or you're sitting in a class and someone asks you, where are you serving? I want you to have an answer to that question. You don't have to have seven answers, but I want everybody to be doing something. We want everyone to be doing something. We want you to have an answer to that question. So our challenge today is for you to simply begin praying about that. Again, there's going to be a packet that you'll pick up as you leave this morning that has this structure in greater detail and has specifics about each of those ministries listed. You can read through the objectives and the purpose of each of those ministries and decide where you want to begin plugging in. Essentially today, church, as I I see this, we are raising the bar of expectation for all of us. We are are raising the level of expectation about what it means to be a part of this church family. Because if if this ministry structure will work, it will take all of us. It will take every one of us doing our part. And we'll be better as a church for having more people serving in more places. Now, some of the things that you you, you were looking at, we're already doing. Um, well, let me, let me, before I move to that, let me just say, I think that one of the things, some of the things we think that this structure does, it clarifies expectations. It clarifies areas of responsibility and need. We may have forgotten something. We've looked at that structure a lot and we've analyzed and, and debated and discussed it, but it's possible we could have forgotten something and we're open to that. Uh, we envision that these ministries and these operations are, are led by teams of people. And the thing I am really excited about, because I get this conversation, this question a lot, is we have new members or we have existing members, current members who want to find new places to serve. You know, who do I, who do I talk to about getting in plugged in here or here? And if we don't have someone clearly designated that they can go talk to, uh, then, then it makes it difficult to kind of get them plugged in. So I think this structure provides a clearer on-ramp for involvement for new members and for uh, existing members. So some of the things that you're looking at, we're already doing. This structure just gives, uh, I think, makes, helps us to kind of make sense of how it all works and who's leading what. Um, can you go back to that, to that ministry structure slide, Larry, for me? 
One of the things that you'll notice under the ministry side, and, and again, you're going to need to look at this in much greater detail later on on your own, uh, because there are things kind of not buried intentionally, but just under some of these headings. We were trying to figure out how to put some things together and make it help it make sense. But under, for example, the connection ministry there in the middle column on the ministry side, uh, that first bullet point that you may or may not be able to see uh, is our small group ministry. It says small groups. And I want to draw your attention to that one specifically as an example because under these headings, uh, there are going to be some things that we're thinking about. Uh, we, have, we envision being a part of this structure uh, that we're not currently doing, and that would be an example of one of those kinds of things. Um, this church was doing small groups before mer- most churches were doing small groups. Uh, and what's happened over the years is that small group, our small group ministry was, you know, here, and then it kind of had the peaks and the valleys all throughout. Um, without somebody really designated in charge of that, working with that area, it tends to, like everything, kind of fall away. And, and you know, until we have the, a handful, two or three small groups that still meet today. And you don't hear a lot about small groups and how could I get plugged into one if I want to or, you know, what does that even look like? And, and so as an example, I'm just using this as an example, but we believe uh, that it's time for a resurrection to take place with our small group ministry. Uh, and it's going to take work and it's going to take planning, uh, but we believe that it's a way to connect with each other and to grow spiritually. It's a way to incorporate new members uh, and it's a way to make initial invitations to neighbors and friends. So even, again, under certain areas, there will likely be some specific things that you'll be interested in being a part of and you'll be hearing more about as the next steps of this structure unfold. So today as you leave, again, there's going to be two things that we want you to pick up. One of them is going to be a packet that has this structure in greater detail, descriptions of each one. There'll be more information in the coming weeks about getting plugged into an area where you can serve to accomplish that goal of everybody serving. Uh, but today, our, our primary goal is for you to hear about this change and how we organize ourselves, first of all, to hear and kind of begin to wrap your mind around it, and then to begin praying, secondly, about where you're going to plug in. Uh, because I believe, church, that when we say, this, is, this was a really different way for me to think about. I think most of us, when we say reaching people with the love of Jesus... It's occurred to me that as I've thought about that phrase that most of us probably think about reaching those people. And, and when it comes to our ministry structure, one of the ways that we've started to think about it as elders and ministers, we've talked about this, is that when we say we want to reach people with the love of Jesus, those people start with us. We are those people. We want to be reached with the love of Jesus. And so I want you to see this structure as a way to help you connect with Christ. Because we believe that service, a primary component of, the, of who Jesus was, uh, has to make up who we are as followers of him. And if you're not doing that, then you're not following him to your fullest potential, quite honestly. And so where are you going to plug in? Where are you going to serve so that you, so that we can be reached with the love of Jesus? I want to close this part with... Uh, the passage of scripture that Paul writes in Ephesians 4, chapter 12, where he says that God has given all of us, not just a few of us, God has given all of us gifts 
that are to be used to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and all become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is our vision moving forward. That we serve each other and that we serve in the kingdom of God and that there are no longer anyone sitting on the sidelines, that everybody is serving somewhere. And we hope that you, again, begin thinking about it, praying about it, discerning in your own heart how that applies to you and to your life. And we look forward to seeing how it blesses this body and how it blesses the world. Chris? Let's stand and worship. This is a season for new anointing. This is a season for fresh outpouring. That the sons and daughters of the King of glory may arise and shine. That the sons and daughters of the King of glory may arise and shine as we declare this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. In the beginning, God created, and for his pleasure, all creation sings. Every son and daughter of the King of glory now arise and shine. Every son and daughter of the King of glory now arise and shine as we declare this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let your glory fill the earth. 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 As we declare this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. King of glory, fill the earth. 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 As we declare this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And this is the day, this is... This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. You may be seated.
Okay, so part one is, is now behind us. Now we're going to move to the second thing that we want to share this morning um, is a new vision for the way that we do our budget and our finances. Many of you know that uh, three years ago this month, actually, we, we actually celebrated it in April of 2016, but in March of 2016, we became debt-free as a church and we paid this building off. Not many churches can say that they are debt-free. Um, and and we, we really take pride in that. We're proud of that. We're, we appreciate the, the ways that you made that possible. And we are not ready to say today that we will never take on debt, but we want you to know moving forward that we do want you to hear today um, that we are we're not intending to take on any debt at all. I think she wants to come up here and help me, Ray. Hey, we said in the beginning it's a family day, so... I have a few notes here. She could see if she could read them. I love it. I love it. That's great. So we are not intending to take on any debt uh, because we want the money that you give to go toward reaching more people with the love of Jesus and not paying off debt. Uh, So as we began to think about our future together, one question that we asked is, what does it mean? And as, as I thought about this question, I, I, I have to wonder how many... I was so proud of our, our elders and our leadership because I feel like this is such a significant question that I don't know that I've ever really heard been asked in the context of a church. What would it mean, what does it mean for a church to live within its means? What does it mean for a church to live within its means? Because often that's not the way we think. We think about giving more and doing, you know, doing all of these great things and and you know, setting these really lofty goals, which I think are a phenomenal thing. But as we determined and thought about that question, as we, as we determined and thought about it, you know, we, we thought, you know, that's something that we want to pursue. What, is, what does it mean for a church to live within its means and to reach people with the love of Jesus? And as we thought about those two things, we thought, you know, we need, if we're going to do that, live within our means and reach people with the love of Jesus, we have to reevaluate how we do our budget, and how we do our finances. So this part may not seem like to you what I'm going to share, like it's the most important piece of this three-part you know, vision, but uh, it really is, I believe, a deeply spiritual component of what we're going to talk about. Um, so in the past, just quickly, in the past, here is how we've done our budget process. The finance person, who is Brandon Devaney currently, uh, would go to our ministers, go to our deacons, our ministry leaders, and would ask them to turn in a budget. So all those categories you saw up on the screen a minute ago, all those folks, would, all those ministries and, and operations things would turn in a budget. They would get those to Brandon, and they would be compiled. Uh, and the finance team, which has often been one person, but in the future will be multiple people, uh, would get those numbers, put them all together, would run them by the elders, and would then present them to the church. So just as an example, last year, when that happened, the church budget, not including our missions giving, the church budget was around $440,000. It was about $500,000 if you include our missions giving. So then last year, you know, Brandon got up and presented that number and he said, I'm just don't go and check the math, I'm giving you round numbers to make it easy. But he, would, you know, he said, okay, for us to meet $440,000, We need $8,500 a week in our contributions in order to meet that goal. And then what would happen, we haven't done this much in the last few years, but it's it's happened before in the past, 
What would happen is when we don't meet that $8,500 number, we might come back to you and say, well, we're only giving $8,300 or $8,000. We really need you to give more. The, the challenge is, is that we're asking the church to give more to a number that they didn't help create. So now we want you to think about, we're going we're gonna to kind of do it backwards. We're going to flip it around. It's not backwards. I think it's the right way. We think it's the right way, but it's, it's backwards or opposite of the way we've been doing it. We want you to think about it this way. We're going to ask you to tell the finance team what you plan to give after you've spent time in prayer and discernment with the Lord. And then we will take those numbers and that will be our budget number. And so the reason that this represents, it doesn't seem maybe like a huge thing to some of you, but the reason it represents a new thing, a new piece of, of this vision is because we've never asked as far as we know, maybe at some point in the past it happened for a brief time, but it's never happened in an intentionally kind of focused way. We've never asked our members to purpose in their hearts what they are going to give. We just tried to get by with whatever was given. So today, we're raising the level of expectation about what it means to serve in ministry, and we're raising the level of expectation as stewards of the resources that God has given us, that everyone will contribute financially. We, we are essentially doing, as you think about it, kind of make sense of this, with our church budget, what you would do with your household budget, right? If I, every, every year, I typically, do, you know, I do a wedding, and I'll often do premarital counseling before I perform a wedding ceremony. And, and every time you do premarital counseling, there's a conversation that comes up about finances. You've got to talk about finances. And if I was doing premarital counseling with a couple and we got to the conversations about finances and I asked the couple, what is your combined household income? And again, just for round numbers sake, they said our combined household income is $60,000. And I said, great, I want you to set your household budget at $70,000. They only make $60,000, but I want them to, to plan to spend $70,000. Like, I would be setting them up for trouble at best and divorce at worst because it doesn't make sense to do it that way, right? But that's sort of what we've done, lots of churches have done with our budget. We've said, here's our number, now you need to meet this number. And so we believe as we pursue reaching people with the love of Jesus that what, the way we want to do it will help us get a more realistic sense of our giving and it will help you have a clearer plan for your giving rhythms and routines. And it will also help us live within our means as a church. So practically speaking, what is this going to look like or what is this going to change? Uh, so after church today, you're going to be given, one of the things you're going to be given is a card and uh, in that, that card is in an envelope, and it's really pretty and glossy looking, and it's got a lot more information than that inside of it. But I, I, we kind of, you know, cut the image so you could kind of blow it up there. And this is part of what it says. Having spent time in prayer, and because we, I, want to be part of a church that is seeking to reach people with the love of Jesus, and striving to create a Christian community where everyone belongs, we plan to contribute, I plan to contribute, this number per week or month, however you want to give, or if you, know, you need to give twice a month, that's fine. You can designate that on the card. Uh, in 2019, to missions and the ministries of this church. 
Now that note there is important. The 2019 budget for all missions and ministries will be determined by the total from the number above. So you're going to be getting that card as we leave today. You're actually going to be getting another one in the mail over the next week or so. Uh, And so you'll take this card and then on Sunday, March 24th, which is that information's inside of the card. On Sunday, March 24th, we're going to have a day where we all kind of turn our cards back in. And again, we will take the total from that number and that will be our budget for the year. So really simple, rough math here. Go ahead and go to the next slide if you would, Larry. If last, if, if last year's numbers are what they were, what they, you know, were this year, if, that, if that's the way it plays out, right? 440000 is the total we get from the stewardship cards. I actually think it'll be more than that because of uh, the way we're going to do it. But let's just use this for example. What we're going to do is take all of our fixed expenses and take care of those first. Salaries, missionaries, bills, all the things that are, you know, that have to be paid. Um, and then if that, I don't even know, but if that, I just like the even number of 200,000. So if that ends up being 240, then, and we have 200,000 left, then $200,000 would be the number that gets divided up among all of the ministries and operations categories that you saw in the ministry structure, okay? So, uh, so, the, so the plan every year when that number comes back from the cards is that our, our fixed costs would be taken care of first uh, and then everything else that's left over would go to the ministries. Again, this is not the way that it's been done, but we feel like that it makes sense moving forward. I know that Brandon's excited about it. And if you've ever worked with our church finances, you probably are also feeling excited about it because the way we've done it has not always been easy. Now, the other thing I know that some of you are wondering uh, because of some of the language in the card is how is this going to impact missions? Because, you know, again, I'm sure you noticed that it says 2019 to missions and the ministries of this church. I want to say before I explain that, that this church has a rich history of uh, over 20 plus years of, if you're new, you may not know this, but of doing, designating one Sunday as Mission Sunday and all of our giving going toward missions on that day. Uh, So this change, if you're new, you wouldn't feel the change, but for many people, it represents a pretty big change uh, because we're, we're not going to have Mission Sunday. Uh, but what I want you to hear is that missions are still a huge part of who we are. That is not changing. They're a part of our DNA, sort of in the fabric of who we are as a church, and that's going to be maintained and continued and hopefully grow. Uh, and we want you to know that we seriously considered our history with missions and Mission Sunday as we've come to a place of trying to envision something new for our church family. So Here's how it's going to work. I want you to hear me kind of all the way out on this. Over the last three years, uh, our total number uh, of our, uh, the total giving, right, of of both the 440,000 plus missions, so we'll just call it $500,000, about 15%, 14 actually, but about 15% of our total giving has been for missions. Actually, that's not really giving. That's not actual giving because that $500,000 is our budget number. So whatever the giving number is, the to- 15% of that total has, de- been, has gone toward our missions budget specifically. And as we see it moving forward, there will be zero change to the missions numbers. Our goal, when you turn in this card and we total everything up, is that 
15% will still go to missions. 15% of that total will still go to missions. How we do missions will change, because, which gets back to the ministry structure. But in, instead of there being a mission Sunday and instead of the missions team, one of the missions team's primary jobs right now is to plan Mission Sunday. Uh, and instead of that, we envision, among other things, the missions team working to do uh, a monthly missions update. How, how many of you would love to know on a more regular basis what we're doing and where we're doing it and how things are going in other places that we serve, that we partner with? We, env- we envision moving forward that there's a monthly update. You know, so at, at the least, there'll be no less than 12 weeks of updates, missions updates that are happening throughout the year that you get to hear about, videos, interviews, stories, pictures, whatever it may be, a brief report uh, about a trip that just, you know, had taken place. We want those things to be shared, and, and we want to do better in that regard. So that's sort of the idea. What does this mean for you? We're asking that you begin praying uh, about what you're able to give and that that would be, be one number. But your general tithe, your general contribution, what we've referred to as kind of our general contribution, and your missions contribution now would be one number. So you may have to go back. It could be the same exact number you did last year. We're not necessarily asking for an increase in that regard. There may need to be. And again, that's something that you will decide through your own prayer and discernment. But we want every member to be contributing financially. It does not matter how much, church. It does not matter how much. Do what you have determined through prayer and listening to the Spirit guide you. The fact is that this process, what I love about this change, is that it gives everybody a voice in creating the budget number, which means you need to turn in a card. Because if we don't turn, if you think, well, I'm just going to give and I'm not going to turn in a card, that's fine. But that, your contribution will not be included in our budget. So that means less money that we're actually going to work with to know how to give you know, money and designate money for these ministries and things that we're planning to do in 2019. Uh, so do what, you, do what you have determined. And our commitment, when, the other thing I want to say is that our commitment, when you turn these cards back in, what happens a lot of times in church is people get together and they go, man, look at this. These, you know, church, we've done a lot of research, and churches that do this process, use a similar process, one of the things that we found was that, that, that they, we were encouraged with was when you get your cards back, don't go and say, well, the church said they can give $400,000, but we want to challenge them in faith, so we're going to make our budget $420,000. No, whatever number is on that line, we, the total of that will be our budget for this next year. We're not going to go in adding money to the number that you turn in. So for some of you, this change, this means for you, especially if you give online, uh, it simply means involving going online and instead of having some of your giving go toward general and some toward missions, you can combine those two numbers and you can have one withdrawal now. Uh, for some, it simply means you write one check uh, instead of your general tithe and your missions offering. For others, it will involve you reflecting, praying, and f- considering how you can start to give because giving hasn't been a part of your rhythm up to this point. The fact is, though, that, s- that our finances play a role in our spiritual lives. And I I did a series on that last fall. One of the phrases that I think about that we talked about back when I did that series was that our hearts follow where our money goes. 
And so if you connect what we're talking about with our finances and our budget to the ministry structure, if you're giving regularly, we're not saying, you, you know, get, we, we believe that giving to the local church that you're a part of is a part of your giving. And, and I know many of you are giving to things beyond what is happening here at this church. But we believe that as leaders, it's time to invite all of us to experience uh, what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians 8, the grace of giving. Because we believe that your life will be blessed and enriched as you give to the Lord. So I want to just say quickly, one of the things that I think is interesting about this piece that I think is going to happen, I'm, I'm, in, I'm trusting that this is going to happen. One of the, the people that I talked to as we were gathering information and kind of thinking about different ways to do this, uh, a friend of mine who serves at a church in another part of Texas said to me, they started this in their church back in like 2005 or six, And he said, every year, their giving has had exceeded the number that came back on the cards, even the recession years of like 08 and 09. So what I think is going to happen, what we're anticipating happening, is that not only are we going to be working with actual numbers, but that as God sends new people, as your situations change and you're able to give more like that, we're actually going to be working with real numbers that will be easier for our finance team to, to work with, easier for our ministry leaders to comprehend and understand. And so, again... Probably not the most, uh, you know, the most fun piece of this to talk about. I think it's really, really significant and important. And I think the thing that we want you to take away is uh, to begin praying now about, uh, about your number. What can you give? And again, may may represent zero change for you. Personally, it'll only just represent a change in how that money comes to the church. But it also will represent a change in kind of how we do that. So... That's all I have for that part, and we'll keep going in just a minute. Chris? Let's stand and continue to worship. Once I was lost, wandering in darkness, no life inside, no hope inside. He called my name and healed my blindness, set me ablaze. Now I'm alive with his love breaking through my heart of stone, love breathing to awake my bones, love reaching out to save my soul, love never gonna let me go. And now my heart, so full of worship, I can't hold back, I can't contain it. For all he's done, Jesus my Savior, I am ablaze and full of thanks for his love breaking through my heart of stone, love reaching to wake my bones, love reaching out to save my soul, love never gonna let me go, love calling me as I am, love making me new again, love lifting me when I can't, love never gonna let me go, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, come as you are, come into his open arms, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, come as you are. 
Come find his love breaking through my heart of stone. Love waiting to awake my bones. Love reaching out to save my soul. Love never gonna let me go. His love calling me as I am. Love making me new again. Love lifting me when I can't. Love never gonna let me go. Love breaking through my heart of stone. Love breathing to awake my bones. Love reaching out to save my soul. Love never gonna let me go. His love calling me as I am. Love making me new again. Love lifting me when I can't. Love never gonna let me go. Love never gonna let me go. Your love's never gonna let me go. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so the third and final piece of our vision uh, involves reaching more people than are just here. 
we have some space to fill. I don't know if you have ever done this, but I would encourage you to just start if you, if you haven't. Sometimes when we're worshiping and I just sit around and I'll look at maybe a, an empty spot around me, I will pray that God fill that spot with somebody that I don't even know yet. And it's been really fun over the years to see God bring people. I used to pray for this section to be filled. And then it just got filled, right? God, God worked. And so this last piece of our vision uh, involves reaching people more than are just the ones that are here. And we want to reach people by addressing some of the needs that we have identified around our building and some dreams that we have for some of our mission and ministry things that we are a part of for our future. So as we've discussed what it means to reach people specifically in regard to our facility, our church building, our conversations, again, have centered around the gift that we have that we are debt-free uh, and that the, this building is completely paid off. And at the same time, being honest about the, the fact that this building is uh, more than 40 years old or at least, at least 40 years old. Uh, many improvements have been made through the years, but we believe that it's time for some additional improvements. So I'm going to show you a list, and I said to you a minute ago that there's going to be a packet of, that you're going to pick up on the way out in the back of that packet of information, uh, the list that you'll see up here on the slides will be in there as well, and you can look at it more closely. But as we look at this, I want to uh, explain these and kind of talk about these. This first slide you're going to see are what we are identifying as kind of our top priorities. Uh, some of you may be aware of the fact that it, every time it rains hard in, in Kaufman, there are a couple of places in this building that leak pretty bad. Uh, and we've looked into a number of options. One was to seal the brick uh, where the leaks seem to be coming in with a sort of this clear coat. Uh, and the other that would also seal the brick was to paint the brick. Uh, and painting is cheaper as we've looked into it, and we feel like it can not only fix that problem, but it will also Im improve the exterior look of our building. So we've determined that's the best option for us. And you see the cost there associated with that. In addition to this, we want to update the lighting and the landscaping and the signage that are outside. If you've driven by this building at night, and you've seen those yellow lights that are all around the outside of the building, it just doesn't necessarily look welcoming. It kind of even looks a little creepy to some people. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was, they, they weren't always yellow. Over time, it just kind of happened. But we want to change the lighting and improve and make this facility even more welcoming than it already is. We've started the process, as you've noticed, of adding some electronic locks on two of the doors for security, for safety, especially for our preschool sunshine school that's here five days a week and has uh, the most the top number of kids that they can have in, enrolled they have 150 and but we'd like to add that to all of our doors to improve security and safety not only during the school week but also when we're gathering as a church there are a lot of exits and access points to this building and we think it's a great way a great benefit for all those doors to be on the same system uh, and improving the safety of our, for our members and for our guests as well. We have responsibility to those preschool kids that are in our building every single day um, and, and are liable for their safety. Uh, a final pr high priority is updating all of our AV, our audiovisual stuff in this room and around the building. If you've been here for a while, you've endured uh, some crackling microphones, some Sundays where the mic didn't work and I had to shout at you, um, You've, you've, if you've worked in the nursery, you know that the audio quality is really poor. If you've tried to listen to a sermon on our podcast, 
you've heard funny noises that it makes there as the recording kind of goes. Part of the reason for that is because the system we have was not designed to do what we are currently doing with it. Uh, We had the same system in place before we started a worship team years ago. And so now the worship team is, you know, these three speakers were not designed to have as many voices coming through them as are currently coming through them. Uh, So this cost brings us up to date with our technology and our equipment almost weekly, just in case you needed to be convinced even more. Almost weekly, some sort of work has to be done on our audiovisual system to, to get it to work the way we need for a Sunday. You've heard us referred to as worship demons. Uh, we, you know, they seem to be a real thing and they always come out on Sunday. So um, again, I promise that you would notice an improvement in our worship through that update. Beyond this, this is the kind of the first piece, our priority. A couple of things that we, we have been dreaming about that we would love to do. We want to reach people with some additional mission and ministry efforts. And two of those are we want to make the Hope Center, what many of you refer to as the bus barn, this building across our parking lot, it was turned several years ago. One end of it was turned into a transitional living apartment. And the middle part was rented out by a judo group. A dojo, it was kind of turned into a judo dojo. And that's, that group's not in there anymore. And we have this middle space. We would love to make additional apartments, create additional space in our city, and our county, for people who are homeless and need a place to land, uh, a soft place to land, so that they can, until they can find their next spot. And so we would love to make the Hope Center a livable space where we can serve and minister to people in our community that are in need of transitional housing. Uh, We'd love to make that a a reality. Another thing that we would love to do is we would love to fully fund an entire village rescue with Mercy Project. We currently have several kids that we support that have been rescued. Uh, This one we envision even could be potentially a multi-year kind of a thing. I don't know if you know this. This is mind-blowing to me. Uh, and I'm so proud of our kids. Our kids last year gave almost $7,000 through their children's offering. Can we just give a hand to our kids? So what's happened is, this is something you may not be aware of. What's happened is, with Mercy Project, they rescue kids out of a village, and then they go to uh, a facility where they live, where they have kind of some transitional time to kind of you know, acclimate from the life they were living into whatever their future life is going to be, right? And so during this time, Mercy Project has established a child sponsorship program. So the kids' faces that you see every week are kids that we support. But often, not always, but often kids will transition, will kind of graduate out of that program and not need to be sponsored anymore. So Currently, some of the money that the kids give goes toward sponsorships, and some of the money that's given just goes to Mercy Project as a donation, as an offering, as part of our support of that work. And so as we've imagined this, this particular piece, what if we could, led by our kids, give and collect $30,000 to give to Mercy Project to rescue an entire village of kids? It would be a powerful and a beautiful Thing I think it's an incredible goal to shoot for. Some of that number, that 30,000 number, would be offset by our children's offering. So they're going to get to contribute to that piece of our vision, but they couldn't do it without some help. And we won't know exactly how much help until we kind of start looking at the numbers. So that total would be $100,000. Again, maybe a little less if you include some of the children's offerings uh, that that's, we want to present first. But there's more that we want to do to reach more people. Th- this, this next list... 
uh, are some areas that we've identified as well that are needing updates or improvements, have been neglected for a long, long time, uh, or it's been maybe a long time since anything happened. Uh, when you look at this list, what we hope that you see is that many of these things, mo- most of these things, are not elaborate expenses, but simply opportunities to address real needs uh, with, along with some additional dreams that we have. Things we, we want to improve to make a good impression on our neighbors, on those that are visiting, that are looking for a church family. And, and I've looked at this, these lists so much that I've really stopped, honestly, stopped seeing building updates, building improvements. I, I honestly, and I want us to look at these lists and to see people, right? Because ultimately, it's people that will enter this space to hear about Jesus, to worship with us, to be a part of one of our ministries to go to Sunshine School, to come as a guest. We have students that come on Wednesday nights who, to, to our youth group whose parents don't come to this church. And we're making an impression and we're a part of those people's lives. And as people come, th- those are people that, that will be impacted by anything that we do around this facility. The goal is simply to care for an older facility that gets used seven days a week. I am so proud. One of the things I brag about, if you're, I don't think I'm supposed to brag, but I think it's probably okay. I love how much this church building gets used. It gets used, honestly, more than any church building I've ever known, which is the way we want it. We want to wear it out, and then we'll fix things, and we'll keep wearing it out, because if we have it and it's not being used, it doesn't serve the purpose that we built it in the first place for. And so, we, but we think we can care for this aging facility that gets used constantly. This is the key without spending millions of dollars. I don't know what you were expecting today. A lot of times, as you hear Vision Sunday, uh, I think people probably think some sort of massive capital campaign. And we're going to ask you to give you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to some thing. We're going to raise a million dollars or some you know, crazy number. That's fine if other people want to do that. That's not the vision that we believe we have moving forward. We love this building, and it has served us well for the last 40 years. And what we're doing, we see as necessary steps, church, to help it continue to serve us well for the next 40 years. So what is is our process going to look like? What what is kind of the next step? So again, you're going to leave today, and in that card... Uh, that I referenced earlier, the second part of the card is going to look like this. Again, I already went over the first top part, so I'll start there. We're going to ask you to, to have another time where you pray and you discern and you seek God about what you can contribute to reaching people, what we're calling our reaching people pledge that you can do in a one-time offering. You can do monthly over the next year, however you want to do that. Just let us know that. Uh, and then that number will be totaled, and then we'll know kind of how much we have uh, moving forward. Uh, you'll, again, some of you might already be thinking to yourself, Doug, I thought you said uh, that you want us to live within our means. And now you're asking us to give more uh, you know, th- than just our regular contribution. And, and I did say that, and I meant it. And so here's how, here's how kind of I want you to think about this. What we envision with that reaching people number is that we will do as much as we are able based upon the number we receive. We will not go into debt to pursue a single item on any of the lists that you just saw. So if, we, if you give $50,000, on that, that, if this bottom line totals $50,000, then we'll take that $50,000 and we'll stretch it as far as we can possibly stretch it. 
But because this, the things we put on this list, again, when you look at it in greater detail later, I think you're going to see, if you didn't get a sense of that already, like the things we're talking about are not elaborate things. They're just things that if we're going to function in the best possible ways, we need to do and we need to take care of. And because there's still real needs, if we do get $50,000 and there still is a long list of things, we may come back next year and say, man, you guys, we were incredible. We knocked out these five things, and we would like to see if we can knock out five or seven more in 2020. We're okay with pro- approaching it and handling it like that moving forward because it means we get to remain debt-free and we get to continue to see all of our money going to reach as many people as possible with the love of Jesus Christ. Now, at the same time, uh, we have things that are not on the list that we've dreamed about, that we've talked about, that we've prayed about. And, you know, for example, we would love to hire a part-time staff person, another part-time minister. So if you gave more than $150, maybe we could take that step in 2019 and not put it off until some future date. But regardless of what happens in, in, the, in the end, what we want you to hear, church, is that we believe that God will provide, that God will provide, and that God's answer to, our, to this vision about the next step we're supposed to take will be evident as we pray and discern. And so we're going to have a time of prayer leading up to March 24th uh, that, that you'll get to be a part of, that you'll, you know, we'll, we'll think about and we'll, we'll imagine that together as we think about what God will do among us. And we're excited about reaching more people than ever before with the gifts and offerings of this church family. Now, one thing, the last thing I want to show you, we actually have an image that I'm really excited to share with you about what the building will look like after the exterior work is done. Um, we think you're going to like the way that it turned out. I think the yellow brick had a great run. Um, but we think this will not only fix our leak problem, but be something that we can all be proud of as well. Um, so what are our next steps? What are your next steps as we look at that image and think about this? Today, we want you to begin by praying about how you will participate in this vision. Today, church, again, we're inviting everybody to serve. We're inviting everybody to contribute financially and everybody to dream with us about reaching people with Christ's love. And I'm as excited, I want you to know, as I'm, ex- I'm as excited as I have ever been about serving this church and what God is doing here at Kaufman Church of Christ. It, it's, our future is bright. Uh, and so we want to ask that you take this stewardship card that's going to be on these tables as you leave this morning, pray, discern what God is stirring in your heart, and then on Sunday, March 24th, we're going to come back together, mark your calendars for that day. We apologize, we couldn't have told you about that day before today. It would have probably been more confusing if we tried to tell you that day as well. But on the 24th, we're going to have a meal down in the gym after church, and we'll announce the totals, and, and we'll gather to celebrate uh, as, as, we, as we share our plans. So that's the next date to mark on your calendars. Now, I'm done, and I realize it's noon, but just bear with me. We're going to end our service with a time of celebration around the table. We wanted to kind of move into communion as a family this morning. But I want to just say one thing before Chris and Joe come back up here. Because uh, when you look at the word vision, it suggests looking ahead, right? Like that we look ahead. We think about what's ahead. And I want to just say to you as a church, especially those of you who have been here for a long, long time, that this church has a long history of dreaming big dreams. Uh, starting a bus ministry, building a gym, a family life center, um, 
Moving to this location was a huge thing. In fact, if you see pictures of this building, there was nothing out here whenever this church moved to this location. It was an incredible leap of faith to take that step. And as I think about that, one of the things that I think about in our history that may feel really odd to some of you who have been around a long time for me to bring up on a day like this, but I want you to hear me all the way out. One of the parts of our history happened about 15 years ago when this church experienced a painful split. Painful might not be the best adjective to describe your experience with it if you were around, so feel free to insert your own adjective. But a church split hurts a church for a lot of reasons. But I think maybe the greatest is that a church can lose its ability to dream because they feel like they got punched in the gut. Some of you, I know because I've talked to you at length, felt that happen to you. You lost your, ima- your ability to imagine new possibilities. And I haven't talked about this at all that I know of through my years here, but from my perspective back in 2011 when my family came to serve alongside you, time had not healed everything. And a lot of people were still hurting. But by the Spirit of God's help and power, this church turned a corner. A couple of years into my time here, I began to notice a new energy in our church, filling our worship time. People started praying in the hallways with each other. New ideas were popping up. God, had brought, God brought new people since ten or the last, over the last 10 or 15 years. Excitement has begun to build. So today is significant. And what I want you to hear, all the things we shared are really significant. But again, especially if you've been here for a while, what I want you to hear me to say, for me, today is just as significant because of what today represents. Today represents a new moment in the history of the Kaufman Church of Christ. I could not have imagined a few years ago us envisioning and dreaming about our future together. But we have arrived at a day, March the 3rd, 2019, where we are publicly declaring and dreaming together again. And I want us to be sure to not miss that this is a, is a sign of God's sure and certain faithfulness to you and to this church. Not on any good part, any good work done on our own, but of, of, of on the faithfulness and the goodness of God to this church that God has brought us through seasons and planted us on a solid spot and given us the ability to dream again. Our future is bright, and I believe our best days are ahead. Whether you've been here through the decades or you're new, you are a part of this family. Um, And I want to express how grateful I am to God and how proud I am to be a part of this church. God is at work, but it will take all of us to be involved in what God is doing to accomplish the dreams that God has given to this body. Let's continue in our time of worship together. There'll be more information coming out in the coming weeks. Um, We hope that, again, that you have some questions. There's going to be elders in the back as we conclude the service in a little while. If you have comments, questions, uh, things you're curious about, you can, can access you know, them, find them, and, and make sure that they know about that stuff. But we're going to head into a time of communion, and Chris is going to lead us in a song to do that. Let's stand as we prepare to celebrate around the table all that God has done, all that he's doing, and all that he's going to do. Let's sing together. 
Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good, good Lord. You are good, good Lord. And you are good, good Lord. You are good, good Lord. Let the King of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. You are good, good Lord, 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 you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You are good, good Lord, and you are good, good Lord, and you are good, good Lord, you are good, good Lord, and you are good, good Lord, and you are good, good Lord, and you are good. So good, Lord, you are good, good, Lord. When the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. When the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. Amen. You may be seated. 